Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Talk To Me Toast. It's your girl Toast and in today's episode I thought I would talk to you guys a bit about some of the roles I've had that you might not know, might not expect. Um, some of these were jobs, um, some of these were hustles um, and a couple of them were actually on page stuff that I did that you know I just found really cool at the time or till now whatever. Anyway so i have five rules um and i'm just going to get into it because i feel like um you know i i want to be able to get through everything um so the very first one is that i was deputy secretary general at nismon i was deputy secretary secretary general of administration at nismon and what nismon is is nigerian international secondary schools model united nations so this one is actually quite interesting because I think I was in SS2 at the time. Um, and if you guys are familiar with like Model United Nations, like basically there's like it's a lot. Like you're literally acting like you are in the UN. Um, and you know, like you have to like if you're going to be part of it, you have to like represent a country and you have to represent um a delegation of the US. Um of the I said the US, a delegation of the un so uh, obviously we were all nigerians um so they kind of had to divide us into countries and how it worked was we all had to send in applications so my I, I applied through my school um and a number of us from my school went and at the time they used to like make a big deal a biggish deal of nismon at my school it was one of those things that not a lot of people got to be a part of um i don't know like it was a very like low-key thing so to say um but it was always really cool when we would see people go for Nismon and stuff. And I just knew that was something I wanted to do because I always used to do anything that I could do um, that was like a co-curricular activity, pretty much like that I found interesting. Anyway, so um, yeah, I applied and I applied to represent the US in the Security Council. And that position was actually, you know, a pretty competitive one. And I got it. I got to be the US delegate on the security council again if you know how the un is set up you know that um you know the security council is one of the smaller um agencies of the un so not every country has a seat in the security council and not every country has veto power so i think there's five countries that have veto power one is kind of like given like it's a cycle like you know one country might have it for a while and then it'll pass on to another country but the us is one of the four countries that always has um veto power by the way this is not a history lesson or a, a government political science lesson so you know google it by the time i think that's how we had it set up um so yeah i represented us and i know then in my school like you know they they kind of used to talk about like my school was one of those schools that was very big on like all these vanity stuff so like academic awards um sports awards like things like that they really prided themselves on being really good at everything but and this month we were one of the like unpopular schools so there's schools that were like really big i mean don't forget this thing is nigeria international secondary school model united nations not just model united nations so like the secondary school elements were still there right um so there were schools like i think was holy child began this one yeah holy child holy child was big presentation i think a number of federal government schools so my school was one of the more low-key schools and this one and we weren't used to being that um 
and i think like no one from my school had ever like um got into like the secretary general level or president of general assembly there were like all these things that you would compete for at the end of the model united nation conference and no one from my squad ever got in any of those things because again we were not popular at this month um so i'd set this goal that i wanted to run for secretary general like i knew this before i even went for this month so when this month came around and you know like i um i was there obviously being a secondary school thing there was drama but i actually you know made it to like the finals like i qualified for the election because you had to do an exam to qualify and then i was in the race until the very end but then i lost my voice when it came to the time for the debates so yeah like i mean the, the person that actually won she was also really good so i don't think that was the only reason why she like why i didn't win obviously but like yeah i i ended up being deputy secretary general um and how it worked was if you won secretary or any of the like official positions you would come back next year and kind of run the conference so all the leaders like that one from the previous year would administer for the following year that was kind of how it worked um but yeah, so I was supposed to go back for another year, but because of Boko Haram terrorism and like all the insurgency at the time in the north, because the, the conference happens in Abuja, we couldn't, I couldn't go the next year. But yeah, it was a really cool thing. I don't think I did it justice, but it's really fun. You should Google like Model United Nations. They have it almost everywhere in the world, I feel. Um, and it's just a really cool opportunity to like kind of like experience what it's like to be in the UN and like people be taking this shit seriously like <laughs> it will surprise you anyway so that was that um the next role that i've had that my commerce is surprised to some people actually if you listen to my podcast a lot it wouldn't come as such a surprise to you but i used to make hair so this one is actually um interesting so in secondary school, I had started doing cornrows and things like that. Um, and I knew that I was going to study abroad. And people, you know, made a huge deal about how, like, if you know how to do hair, you go abroad, you just be making money. That hair is expensive. Hair is expensive. So, yeah, I I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go to school. I need, like, I'll need income, right? So, I, um, I went to some salon that was near my house, um to learn how to make hair again if you listen to the episode about sugar daddies you already noticed that I, I i was there but yeah i did learn to make hair under someone's tutelage um honestly most of the work i did there like i was there for months and i feel like for the bulk of the time i was like doing random as lagos people say or your people say omoshe so like running errands fetching water washing uh, all these things sha um and then picking attachments oh my god guys i used to pick attachments so much like so i don't know how to explain it if you don't know attachment it's basically hair extensions um so like black black girls you know expression hair pretty much that so i used to stretch the hair um so that was kind of the bulk of my role but at some point i started learning to braid hair um i didn't actually do the whole thing like honestly like I probably could have stayed there longer but i was just over it at some point because i was just spending so much time there and i i I didn't feel like i was learning a lot like i kind of had to practice on my own in order to learn and i just felt like i could be doing that at home if i wanted to so when i came to canada i like this is the part that might come as a surprise to some people i was actually doing hair like i actually used to be paid to do hair when i moved here so it wasn't like a huge thing like it was mostly like my friends i probably had like that i can think 
like friends and friends of friends um it was never a thing that i really really advertised um but yeah like i, I did it my friends would jokingly see hair by toast so i guess that was the name of my operation um but i i did you know i did that for like one year thereabouts um and i kind of quickly realized that it wasn't my thing i hated first of all i hated doing hair i hated being around attachment so much like um i hated i just hated everything about it and i was slow so the minute i started working in retail i just it didn't make sense to me to continue because i realized like I was basically making less than minimum wage when you factored in how long it was to keep it to braid hair. Like it was a nice amount of money to make in one day, I guess. But like when I factored in how many hours I was going to into it and you know did the math, I'm like, nah, this is less than minimum wage. Um, so yeah, like I I, I did that and it was an experience. <laughs> um, the next thing that I did that you might not know again this is something that has been teased in a previous episode but i was slash am slash was an actor so i've been acting for a really long time actually um not professionally you know just like in my the church i grew up in in high school um you know every everywhere even my my present church i technically still considered an actor within my present church um but the experience i want to highlight here is that in 2017 i think i was actually paid to act so i was in a web series um so how this kind of happened was i again i had been like i had like a whole history of being like an actor right and acting was something i used to take seriously in secondary school so i was like president of drama club um and I had really missed acting. Like, even in my, like, childhood church, when I was in teens church, I was kind of in charge of the drama group, I think. I can't remember. Yeah. I was very active in drama. So, when I was here, I was just missing being an active um, actor, right? I was missing the whole fun of everything. Um, in my church here, we don't, like, do, like, plays or, like, stuff like that as nearly as frequently as we did back home. Um, so I was just really missing acting. And then one day, um, a friend of mine put up a poster that was a casting call of a friend of hers. So her friend was um, write, um, writing, directing, and producing a web series. Um, and she was doing auditions. So I went for the auditions. It was cool. I met my friend. was actually the friend that I think I, I saw the post from um, was there. And I had to actually like run my lines with her, which was actually hilarious to me. Um, but the person who was producing, she felt like I was perfect for the role. Like I was kind of who she had envisioned for the role. And I got it. And it was really exciting. Um, we had a table read, which is the first time I met all the other actors. Like... I don't think there was anybody on that set aside from the producer that I had known prior to that like production. Um, so it was it was really cool. It felt very legit. I, I mean, it was actually it was pretty legit because you know she had a studio, she hired like crew, like it was the whole thing. Um, and we filmed everything. It was it was a pilot season. Um, so ideally, it would have run for a second season. Spoiler, it didn't. Um, but yeah, it was it was a pretty legit production. It was five episodes. We shot everything in I think three days or so, and then we did our cast interviews, cast shots. Like it was it was pretty cool. 
um at the time i lived in etobico and we were filming the bulk of it in toronto like downtown toronto um the producer actually paid for our ubers like if we lived you know more than a certain you know distance we were fed on set it was it was pretty like it was a pretty legit um production it was a small production like a, a very indie production but it wasn't like a random like oh come let's just do things like it was it was it was a proper thing and we got paid actually didn't even know it was a paid gig at first um but you know when when they told us what the expectations were going to be i understood why we were being paid um so yeah it was fun and i i really enjoyed it then the next one this one was actually a huge part of my life for for a while but not a lot of people know some people this is an interesting one because there's some people in my life that I only know because of this experience. So obviously those people know about this experience, but there are people, a lot of people that know me that have no idea that this was a thing that I did. So the ex- the next one, the next one is I was, I worked for a magazine. Um, it was, a, I, I, I'm not going to call the name of the magazine here just cause I'm not calling the name of any of the things I was affiliated with. Um, but basically a friend of mine actually let me let me backtrack a bit so um the owner of the magazine happened to be a photographer right and in a different hustle that I had previously that i'll talk about maybe in another episode um i had tried to hire said photographer so that's kind of how i met this photographer now somewhere in between the time i tried to hire said photographer um and the time when I joined the magazine, he started the magazine. So randomly one day, you know, we strike a conversation. I was just like randomly talking. And then the topic of the magazine comes up and I'm like, yo, I've been seeing, you know, all this stuff you're doing in your magazine. Looks really cool. Like, who is the owner? Blah, blah, blah. Because it looks such like such a legit thing. And, you know, he was like, oh, no, like it's me doing it. And, you know, I have a few people helping out, but like it's mainly me. And I was like, that would be really cool. And I jokingly said, ah, like, you know, if I'm ever in town, because it's like a Nigerian-based magazine. If I'm ever, like, back home, like, I'll, I'll come and intern for you guys. And he was like, wait, like, you know, like, are you legit, like, serious? And that was kind of how that opportunity came. So I joined the magazine, and at first, I was an editor of sorts. So I used to work on interviews. And it was kind of a, more of a volunteer thing, to be honest, like, the whole time I was there, because the magazine wasn't monetized at the time. Um, so it was an online magazine that was basically just curating like creatives and stuff. So I, I joined and I was like a features editor. So I used to, um, basically, you know, make interview questions and how we worked at the time was I would send the questions to the rest of, to whoever needed to send it out and I would get the answers back. And sometimes I would like, you know, edit, (laughs) So not really edit the answers, but just like it, it was a it was a magazine, so you would read it, right? So I had to fix things like punctuation, stuff like that. Anyway, um, so I did that for a bit and then I kind of took a break from the magazine. And then when I came back, I kind of came back as like the features director. So you know how like I was doing like I was features editor at first. Yeah, I came back and I was more like the director of features. So what that meant was I was also, I had like more responsibility. So I was like 
also doing like you know finding the people that we would feature reaching out to them um just doing i I was my role was director of features and communications that was the official role i had um so i was again doing a lot of the comm stuff um there's a lot of of communications involved in running the magazine best believe um so i was doing that i was still doing a bunch of the interview stuff um and yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I got to reach out to like there's a number of people that are within my network now that I probably would never have met or reached out to if I wasn't working with the magazine that we didn't want to feature them. Um, so that was really cool that I got to do that. Um, and I think it brought me out of my shell quite a bit because um, I think now I like because of that experience, like how um, I don't know if you guys how familiar like people are in general or how like. A number of magazines work but it's quite you know the hustle like you're trying to get people to feature you're trying to get you know people's attentions and i was basically in charge of that i i wasn't doing it in isolation obviously like there was a team um but yeah i was doing that and then my my other my last role within the magazine was i was part of the core team so we had a core team in the magazine that was responsible for so people used to like kind of come and go like in general outside of the core team um, we had people that would just kind of come, help us with a few features, help us with a few, um, you know, projects. Maybe like they would work on a shoot, they would work on, you know, something and they would kind of come and go or they would kind of help out with one specific thing. But then there was a core team of four of us that were like basically brainstorming and you know strategizing around the future of the magazine you know potentially becoming the monetized platform because obviously it was a free publication um but you know what monetizing would look like um all those types of things and it was really 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 cool um and it was fun as well i think that was like my my very first actually no i i had done you know a bunch of stuff before that but i think i think it was really cool because it really made me you know like i said like reach out to people and do stuff and i think like i did at the time i didn't realize how much work i was doing but like now that i i work in like um like a proper nine to five like i'm now seeing how many soft skills i taught myself while running things like whatever i was running at that magazine so yeah really cool experience that i had that not a lot of people knew about um and then the final experience that i wanted to talk about in this episode is that i used to be a concierge um in a luxury retail store so first of all i didn't even know that concierge was a thing in stores um I'm familiar with like concierge and like buildings um, or hotels or you know like places where people live, right? But I worked for this for a time for a short, if you want. I worked in a luxury retail store here in Toronto, and concierge was basically like customer service, right? Like any store, like most big stores have customer service, but because it was luxury, <laughs> it was it was called concierge and. Um, it was interesting working in, in in luxury, not just because I'd worked in retail prior to this, right? Like I had two retail jobs prior to this, and I'd even worked in management in my last retail job before this. But this was like a whole new thing because, first of all, from our first, from my tra- like training was like a whole thing. Like I'd never seen that kind of in-depth training for seasonal staff, but training was like a proper thing, and um, 
for all of us right regardless of if you're going to work back of house if you're going to work in the front of house like training was a big deal and um the whole training like priority at first was just getting us into luxury like teaching us about luxury um we thought about the store itself you know but the, the, the there was a whole section in training that was just about like this is what luxury means this is what luxury is like what does luxury mean like and that for me was just such a revelation like it felt like i was entering this whole new world um of luxury because you know i shop at i don't i don't want to call names of stores like i really do i don't want to call any brand names but you know there's the stores that i used to shop at and the stores that were more aspirational for me and you know to hear a store that i would consider mm, you know like on the higher end be referred to like almost as a discount store i was like wait what <laughs> so it was a really cool experience you know just learning that like there was this whole luxury lifestyle that people were living and it really opened my horizons right because Honestly, I think it even evolved my taste while I was there because there were things that just became kind of normal to me that were more aspirational to me before. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because, you know, I don't think I was making that much money there. Like, I was making I was making more than minimum wage, but I wasn't making, like, a ton of money. Uh, and, like, when I say more than minimum wage, I think a dollar per hour more than minimum wage. Um, but, yeah, like, it was it was a cool experience. And um, what else was I going to say about this experience? So, okay, yeah what my job was so like i said it was kind of like customer service and we would we had to like be in like suits like legit like you know black blazer white shirts black pants black shoes and they took like our dressing seriously so they actually bought me the whole outfit so i got my blazer and pants from toyed and they paid for it um like like not that they ex- I expensed it like i was there with like the supervisor of my team she had like the card the company card paying for everything um but like two really nice you know shirts and i had to bring my own shoes obviously but yeah like it was really cool and then our jobs like first of all let me just not first of all i've been talking since but it was actually like <laughs> let me just say that rich people have more wahala than poor people in fact let me not say rich people i think it's like people that are spending a lot of money are more fussy you would think that oh like rich people no problems everybody's just gonna be chill and what i realized is that the rich rich people were actually very chill but you know the everyday people that were you know splurging i guess gosh now so so complaints like i can't even explain to you guys like how yeah it was just like every day you know people would come they would have their issues like there were so many crazy experiences that i like i I don't even know if i can legally disclose i'm being extra but i work in advertising so i'm very big on you know confidentiality (laughs) um but yeah like it was just crazy like you'd see like all the people throwing a force throwing a tantrum in the middle of the store um you'd see people being really pretentious it was so interesting and then like you know so resolving customer complaints was you know a big part of my job other things were like um so we had like very interesting luxury services like you know we could do coat check at my store so if you were shopping during winter you had your whole winter jacket you didn't want to be working around the store with your winter jacket you would come you know drop off your coat come and grab it afterwards um we had buy online pick up in store so we were also responsible for that we used to do a bunch of the online processing stuff um 
but yeah it was a really really cool job i think one of the most interesting things to me about that role was how we used to give water to customers like you don't have to be a paying customer or nothing like we would actually give what like if you're like i'm not going to say the name of the store especially now but like technically like if you're just window shopping you can go and ask for water and it wasn't just like you know some random cheap ass water like they used to give alkaline water do you guys know again i'm not saying brand names but alkaline water alkaline spring water so they you know that was really interesting that they used to do that and um yeah i i I, I learned a lot just by being there. Like I worked in a number of events as well. So again, as a concierge, um, when you're working events, you're really just doing guest experience stuff. Um, so handing out gift bags, like things like that. It was a really interesting job, and really, like I really actually like out of all my retail jobs. Actually, I can't say out of all my retail jobs because I really did like my first retail job. But it was for a retail job, it was pretty. It was a pretty good deal. I didn't work sales at all. Um, I had like the cash experience. Like I had to know how to use the stuff because again, yeah, you know, customer experience, right? So you would help out. But basically, what I'm saying is, I didn't make commission for sales, so I wasn't responsible for selling. But you know, if a customer had an issue, I knew how to process a transaction. Um, and I, I processed quite a few and I saw quite a, a lot of cash. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, there were just things like that that I was responsible for. And it was really interesting um, getting to do all of that. So guys, those are all the roles that I wanted to chat about today. I've definitely done a lot more stuff in my short life. Um, when I think back at a lot of the experiences I've had, like a lot of it is ridiculous to me. Like it amuses me that I've done all this stuff. But it's also really, you know interesting right like and i think it they've all contributed to who i am now um i've gained so many skills i've i've just i've really grown right by just taking on so many adventures like randomly right from high school you know till now i still do a bunch of random stuff so i'm always just like and like tr- trying out new things and my, and my motto like to an extent is if you have an itch scratch it if there's something that sparks a curiosity you know see where it takes you right you don't have to follow it through it doesn't have to be you know for life but it's just worth it to let yourself try things um anyway all that said i wanted to share with you guys that this is going to be the last episode of the season don't stone me don't stone me your favorite podcast is not going anywhere your favorite podcast is here you know it's a thing but the season has come to an end i'm going to take the time to really think about what the content for season three is going to be um if you guys have anything that you want that you know you would really want to hear or you know i don't know like whatever ideas you guys have that you know you want feel free to share them with me you guys know my socials twitter toast underscore adini instagram toast adini like reach out to me tell me what you want more of on the podcast what you want less of on the podcast like you know i can't make any promises or guarantees but i love to hear right so that i can at least try my best to implement those things um but yeah so let me know and i'll see what i can do but then also i i want you guys to share this podcast with somebody that you feel like would enjoy it like you know i'm really really sure now that i'm I never thought I'd be doing this for this long, this seriously. Um, but now that I'm taking the podcast seriously and um, 
I guess continuing to do it like it's been quite a number of months now since I started this you know I, I feel like I just I really want to grow the podcast I really want to grow our listeners um and eventually like honestly I would love to monetize right like right now um my average listeners are around like 60 per week which is actually amazing because honestly when i started again i thought it was only going to be like 10 people but now that i say thing thing like i want to grow beyond 60 right like i want to hit the hundreds so i would really appreciate if you guys share this podcast with your friends with your neighbors your enemies whoever right um and tell them to listen and i always tell you guys engage use the hashtag talk to me toast on twitter you don't you don't answer me um but you know i see the numbers i see you guys listening but like it's weird like i don't really hear from a lot of you those of you who really really love the podcast i see the love on social media so i'll give you guys your flowers i'll give you guys your props a lot of you post on you know ig stories a lot of you post um you know sometimes a few tweets here and there on twitter but i'm really just trying to grow this podcast as best as i can um i don't really know how that's gonna happen but that's part of what i need to be thinking between now and when season three launches my hope right now around 2.1k list um plays on the podcast in general like since i started um it would be really nice to hit 3k by the time season three is live like by the time we come back for season three um can can we do it i think we can so please share the podcast thank you guys so so much for listening to me week in week out um until next time whenever that is i will try not for that not to be too long <laughs> sorry for screaming in your ear if you're using headphones but yeah like please just share and it's been such a privilege talking to you guys i will talk to you again next time bye